Welcome to this week's Dude Therapist episode. Season two is all about relationships with ourselves and with others. And today we have an amazing guest, Tamara Andrus. She is the CEO and founder of Core Creative Christian Women's Business Membership and Expert Coaching Program. She's the host of the globally ranked Fit and Faith podcast, serving to illuminate and create and activate God centered women within the business sector to propel kingdom impact. She's a wife and a mama of two, as well as a certified ordained minister, international retreat host, and author. She's a born and raised beach babe, lifetime fitness lover, and travel junkie, living life one God wink to the next. I was on her, her podcast, and I am so excited to share what we talked about. It was real, it was raw, it was deep, and it was meaningful. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Dude Therapist Podcast. We have an amazing guest this week. Tamara, could you introduce yourself? I'm so excited to have you. This is going to be great. Yes, I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you again. And if you guys didn't already know, I'm going to tell you. Ellie has been on my podcast, the Fit and Faith podcast, so you have to go and listen because I think that it's going to parallel really beautifully. Um, So as not only just being a fellow podcaster, I'm a Christian women's business coach, and uh, I have a membership program for women, and I just love to serve out the things that I believe really have been testimony points for me uh, that I think are transformative for others. Uh, I love um, fitness. I love health. I love wealth. I love wholeness. And and that's really who Ellie is too in different realms. And so the Dude Ther- Therapist podcast is going to be a cool conversation for us to just dive into a bunch of different sectors. Yeah. Well, you know, season two is all going to be about really about something that I think we're going to get into a lot which is really wellness, relationships, Mm -hmm. how things interact with those um, and kind of make us who we are. And one of the things, you know, I have my whole list of questions here. If we don't get to them, it's great, (laughs) you know, but well, it's going to be a great conversation. I would love to know what your journey was because I know you talk about it a lot and it's Mm -hmm. a very powerful journey and how you did different businesses and you were in a workout or beach something, beach workout, and now you do fit and faith and you also have this Christian business coach, uh, coaching business. So how did you go through your life? Like what made you or forced you to be where you are now? Yeah, it definitely has been an interesting journey of events, but it's one of those things that hindsight always proves 2020. And I have this goal, especially this year, it's been something that I've been really uh, prominent in practicing is being, I just said P, lots of P's, prominent in practicing being present. And I love words. So I'm glad that that just came out that way, <laughs> that way, but really trying to be present so that I can stay in the now and the foresight of my life versus the hindsight, because I don't like that takes me all of this reflection in order to bring all the pieces together. So it felt like I was doing a bunch of different things and not knowing what that was going to lead to. But I was in business school when I went to college and through a business program that I was in at JMU, Go Dukes, if you know James Madison, we uh, worked together as a team to cultivate a business plan. And in that time frame, investors came up to us and said, you know, this is an amazing idea. Somebody needs to run with it. It had to do with babies and diapers. And for most 
20 year old dudes, that's like the last thing they want to hear or think about. So after a semester diving into that world, they were ready to release it. And the other girls in my group were uh, like Wall Street driven accounting finance. So I took ownership in this realm and just decided that I was not meant to work for somebody else. I really just wanted to pursue entrepreneurship and whatever that looked like. So you mentioned uh, fitness and Beauty in the Beach was the name of it. I literally trained women. I would wake up at like about 4.30, attach this massive contraption to my bike, go down the boardwalk with all of these weights and balls and cones, three miles, set it all up have them come, put it all back in and drive my bike back home. So this is a workout for you going workout. there and coming back. Oh, a hundred percent. Plus I was training and working out a hundred percent. So I loved it though, because I got to see how uh, advantageous it is to, to not necessarily niche as much as everybody talks about, like create your niche or your niche, however you want to say it. <laughs> I had people who were 20 years old. I had people who were 60 years old and we came together and had the best time ever just laughing, getting Sandy. Um, but that process really led to a road of just wanting to establish new things all the time in different seasons. Obviously, during the beach uh, closings of the winter, that didn't really work out. So what was next? I went into personal training. I got my licensing in pre and postnatal fitness uh, and serving up that maternity sector that I told you about before. Opened a boutique alongside my mom where we did belly casting and mm -hmm. we were always dabbling in all the things. I got approached to be um, a an American who was redesigning an Australian brawl. So I brought that to the nation, which was amazing to be able to bring that to the United States alongside a partnership. And in the midst of all of those things, which is a lot of things, I was a marketing guru at a, a company for a million dollar build out of a bus. And we went and traveled around the United States. So again, there's a lot going on. I also was in a relationship. I got married, had two babies in the midst of all of that. And I had all of these titles and zero identity. Uh. And I say all of that to let you know that there is this striving, this American dream, this grasp for understanding of who we are based on maybe a new opportunity that comes in your way, maybe... Um, a flashy thing that gets put into your realm that you're like, yes, I want to do this thing because everybody else is doing it. But I really wasn't searching or seeking joy. I was just doing all the time. And yet the, my first ministry, which is what I know to be true now, but had no recollection of then, which is my home, my family, uh, I was putting them last mm. on every single thing. And so when I realized that it was in a moment where I pulled into the driveway one day after about 16 hours of work, I was working 60 to 70 hours a week in those two CEO positions. And my baby girl who had just started walking, she was barely 10 months. I had just stopped nursing her. She saw me. And instead of having that like ignite, you have a baby right now. So, you know, that ignite to just like want to embrace you and so excited to see daddy or mommy. She turned around the other way and started walking back towards dada who had been with her for hours at the time. And my heart sank. Mm. And I was like, this is not what I want what is happening. And there was way more as far as a relational growth and breakage that was happening between me and my husband based on my not being present um, and my grasping, if you will, whether it was for finances, whether it was for attention, whether it was for uh, fuel from even um, the 
opposite sex. Hmm. And it was in that time that I was like, I got to let go and we've got to release. And so I ended up quitting all of those things. And I felt like a complete failure. Um, as I'm sure you could imagine not having any of those titles that I felt that was my only purpose in life was striving and achieving, striving and achieving because I was good at it. Um, and so here I am with what felt like nothing, but again, back to that first ministry mindset, I actually had everything that I was supposed to have. And I had to face myself in the mirror for the first time without being in a rush, without being in a hurry other than motherhood, which that's a thing in and of itself. Um, And in that time, it was a season of about three years. I decided to go get my ordination and minister's license. I turned to the Lord. I turned to my faith. I turned to anything that made me feel better than being alone with myself. And that's when suicidal thoughts came about. That's when anxiety and depression held me captive. Um, I remember my two-year-old wiping my tears at night almost every single night. And mama's sad. Mama's sad. And mama's not sad. Mama's just, you know, just feeling. Mama's okay. Mama's happy tears, right? Trying to embrace. And so he doesn't think I'm falling apart. (laughs) Um, But I was. Yeah. And I think you're bringing up something so important and something I really want to get into because you know when we were, I was on your podcast and we talked about being a religious Jew mm-hmm. and how faith is something that defines me and yourself mm-hmm. um, and who we are. So, you know, I know you talk about and you mentioned on our podcast and I know I looked on your website and some of the things that you do, the God wink or the kingdom mm-hmm. ripple effect. Yes. <laughs> can you talk about what those things are and I can guess what a God wink is. I think it's just a nicer way of saying um, God's hand in our life. Yeah. But can you describe what those two things are and maybe how your faith has kind Mm -hmm. of shaped now this mindset you are in 2020 of being more present so much versus running, chasing, running, chasing like you were back when you were uh, doing all that crazy stuff in the businesses? Yeah, this is such a good question. And it really parallels to the first question um, that I can even more robustly answer now is realizing that um, to me, God winks are like coincidences, right? And this is what the world, the secular world would call it. Um, That's so coincidental. That's so crazy. That's so wild that that thing happened. And yet I believe and you believe that there's a greater work at play, right? And there's the knowing of that futuristic uh, foresight that's already been prepared for us. Um, And so when I came into this, this present moment of walking through and discovering and rediscovering my faith, uh, I found this connection of my mind, my body, and my soul all intertwined in my spirit man, in my faith. And I never until that time thought of any of them as one whole entity. But when I came to learn about the Trinity of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and what that means, I was realizing that if he is the creator and we're created in his image, then we are the same. And we have different components of who we are that actually are at play in every given moment. So while my body is sitting here, my mind is physically present with you, my emotions are what they were, just like 20 minutes before I got on here and found out somebody I love has COVID, right? And then my spirit man is like, stay present, stay focused, like all this, right, is happening this very second as I'm sharing. And when I found out this alignment piece, it was actually in the gym, which is what parallels to the understanding of fit and faith and why I decided to step into that. There was all of these God winks that were happening and coincidences. And I was 
because I was present, because I had stopped the chaos of my life and I had no choice but to be right where I was. I, and I say no choice. We all have free will, right? I could have stepped out. I could have walked out. I could have said, you know, I'm, I'm out of this marriage. I'm out of this house, but I knew what I wanted. And God continued to put them in the forefront as a blockade before I chose to do any of those things that could have been easier because it could have been easier for me to chase the things versus I'd love to unpack as we continue, but is the realization that our faith is, our faith should, and our faith can be the thing that is our guiding light. And if we put that in the forefront of all of those other places, there is comfort, there is a peace, there is a joy that is not there when you put uh, an idol that is not worthy of praise in front of you because the idol will let you down, whether it's fame, whether it's influence, whether it's money, whether it's a perfect body, whether it's even just mental health in and of itself, because I know plenty of people who fuel themselves in reading and learning, and yet they're spiritually and physically completely like void of life. So realizing that connectivity of all of those, that alignment, I call it vertical alignment because I think horizontal alignment is the lack of spiritual understanding, um, I just believe is, is really where all of the life's coincidences happen. And you can finally see for the first time the purpose of your life, the calling, if you will, that you hear quote unquote Christians say all the time, right? I love it. And I was going to ask about the calling, but what I want to talk about is this idea, you know, from a mental health perspective, it's actually called integration. Mm, yeah. Right. It's a mental health integration. When we cool. integrate our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, our totality of who we are, mm. it creates us. You know, recently I was, uh, you know, I post a lot about my daughter. I post a lot about things online um, and I got called out for it, for posting too much of my daughter online. And, you know, when it comes to the idea of therapy and mental health, like I said before, is about totality. It's who you are, whether you're a father, a mother, whether you're a husband, a wife, a partner, a spouse, a therapist, a business coach, whoever you are, every little bit of you makes you you. And it's important to share all your strengths and all your weaknesses because that makes you beautiful and unique no matter where you come from and the ability to look at your life, the ability to see where you've come from, what you went through and being able to realize coming out of that car, seeing your child run to you or run away from you. And that realization of I'm not integrated. I'm not fully total because there's some part of my life that's missing or not fully there. And it's a weird realization to hit you in the face sometimes and it could be really shocking. So how did you take that? And I know you started saying you talked about that kind of being, uh, what was the word you used? Not trapped, you used a better word of uh, cap uh, held captive by your anxiety and, and, and emotion. Yeah, held captive. Like, yeah, I was stuck I love that. in that space. I love that description. Yeah. Can you talk about what that journey was and maybe how faith maybe kind of pulled you out. Cause I love that integration of faith and mental health. Yeah. I know we talked about how much that helps me. So can you talk about maybe those emotions, that mental health piece and then wrap it up yeah. with um, your faith? 
Absolutely. And I want to speak specifically to the situation with your daughter, too, as a forefront to that is realizing that the world calls us to be segmented. It calls us to say, this is who you are when you're at work. This is who you are when you're at home. This is who you are when you're with your friends. This is who you are when you're in the gym. And it never asks you, it never teaches you, I was surely never taught how to be all of those people at one given time. And so as a coach, it's my biggest passion to bring people to a table who say, I have this dream. I have this idea. I have um, this desire to build this thing or to serve in this way or to create this thing. And I always want to know their backstory. I want to know their testimony because if I don't know their testimony, if I don't know their why, if I don't know what fuels them into that space, I know that that segment of who they are will eventually not be healthy, will not be well, because it's not paralleled with everything else of that integration, as you say. So it's like the people who go to work nine to five every single day, they are, you know, on tenure in their job, if you will, they've been there for life. They're, they've grown gray hairs and lost gray hairs in the same chair that they started. (laughs) Right. And, and it's nothing against going to work nine to five, but they're not passionate. They're depleted. They're exhausted. They hate going to work. They can't wait for a day off. That is not living an integrated, aligned life. And there is more for you in life, which is joy, which is peace, which is the knowing that when you show up anywhere that you get to be all versions of who you are at one time, which is you as a therapist, a mental health coach, and also a father, also a husband, because I relate to you more knowing those parts of who you are. Mm -hmm. If I just thought of you as a therapist, I'm like, cool. I don't want to share all of me. You haven't even told me where you live, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important. So when I was in that place of darkness and not understanding my identity, not understanding alignment or integration at all, that was when I felt trapped because I wanted naturally because of what I was taught and what I experienced to go out and do the thing that I thought I was meant to do, which was this constant trail. Honestly, it's this quote unquote American dream. Uh, And I thought by doing those things, I was more lovable by doing those things. I was more me and coming to find, and there's a biblical understanding of, of two sisters in the, in the Bible about Mary and Martha. Martha's like the doer. She's prepping, she's doing all the things. And Mary is the one who's just sitting and resting and being right. And so it's, a parallel and a contrast of the Marthas in the world, the people going and doing and exampling hustle, right? I don't like that word, Um, is who we should be because they're in the limelight. And the Mary who's at home, which was me in this time, was the one with her kids at Nobody Saw, the one with her wife, the one in the mirror trying to figure out who the heck am I? Mm. And that's a scary conversation when your response is, I have no idea. And so I would go to bed at night questioning, am I even a wife at this time, even though I'm laying next to my husband? Am I even a mother because I don't really feel present with my kids because I am so um, internally focused at this point to try and figure out what is life and am I purposed in this space? And then my faith came into play. And in the wee hours of the morning, those were the times where I felt like my crying out were actually most heard because everything else was silent. Um, And I remember waking up one morning and thinking, I need to go somewhere. I need to check into a facility of some sort. And it scared the heck out of me uh, because I was so driven on what other people's thoughts were of me, people pleasing, if you will. I 
to come to that point was huge to say, I don't care where I go, just get me out of here, check me in somewhere before I attempt to, to take my life and a life that I knew was purpose. I just couldn't figure out why. And I looked and I searched and I tried to find places that would make sense beyond the ones that were like upwards of $20,000 for a week or two, which we could not afford at the time. Um, I felt like there was nowhere to turn. There was nowhere to go. And that's when actually therapy entered my life and my faith entered my life almost simultaneously within the same week. And if it wasn't for my therapist and if it wasn't for God getting a hold of me in that mirror moment to say, you have greater purpose than just being Mary. I made you, Martha. I, I want those things to come out of you. Those are the God wings, right? To say, you're meant to go out into the world and share and speak and teach and, and write and do all of these passions that you have, but you have to figure out who you are alone before you step into those spaces. I love that so much. You know, first of all, thank you so for, for sharing that realness right mm-hmm. there about the suicidal thoughts and that that's a hard place to be honest with yourself. And, and, you know, I hope it's not a shout out to any Mary or Martha's out there, you know, uh, you know, their names, but it reminds yeah. me of Old Testament as well of like Jacob and Esau, right? The idea okay. of the quiet, studier, peaceful, calm person who is the studious child or the, the good child yep, yep. while the troublemaker, hustler, fighter, um, powerful physically um, is out there doing while the one behind the scenes is looked at as the weak one yeah. and how we balance that. And I think for me, when I read the story of Jacob and Asa or Asao, however you pronounce it, yeah. it kind of taught me this lesson of balance. Mm-hmm. So this good. Balance that you, you can be the hustler, even though I know you don't like that word, the fighter, the <laughs> yeah. go-getter, the yeah. pushing boundaries, the being out there, the social one. And you can also be the quiet one. And there isn't, um, and it's actually funny you're saying this because in the first episode of season two, that's what I talk about. That moment where I came to the realization of who I was. Mm-hmm. And um, I love that you said that point of despair of saying, I need help right now. Something's wrong. I remember after um, my baby was born, the first month, I had my first panic attack. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly sitting on the floor um, in the middle of the night, pulling my hair out with anxiety, um, totally at wit's end, crying. And my wife walking into the living room saying, are you okay? And I looked at her said like, something's wrong. I need help. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes us to ask for help to get help. Mm -hmm. It takes us to reach out, to put our hand out. You know, um, since I know you are a religious person, we'll get down dirty to the religiosity of things. We have to sometimes open up our heart to let God in. Yeah, We can't expect um, to sit back and we have to do our part as well. Um, And I, I think it's truly important whether you're a religious person or not listening to this podcast right now, we all have to do our part in life. We cannot expect things to happen to us. If we want help, we need to go for help. Yeah. We need help. We need to ask for it. If we're struggling, we need to find answers. We can't just wait. And, you know, I I wrote down something real quick uh, because I love to, you know, I actually want to listen to what you're saying and then not my ADHD. I kick in. (laughs) I saw you. It's good not, you know, forget what I'm going to say, but also actually pay attention is it's so difficult to hear that we define ourselves by other people's perception of what our purpose is in life. Mm. And 
or how people think, oh, you're doing that. Oh, that's what you are. Oh, you're only this. Oh, you're only a mother. Oh, you're just a this. Those kind of boxes that we put people in can cause people to question who they are because I think it's okay to be everything. Yeah, it's so true. Or to be whatever you want. Yeah. As long as you are living that integrated kind of connected life and you're happy, healthy, fulfilled, it doesn't matter what role you are as long as you are in the role that you need and want. Yeah, I think it's so good. And it, it was something that I really had to fight for during that season, that like three years of, I call it like my becoming process, which we're all still becoming, right? Like when nobody has made it or we would be dead or not purpose to be here t- tomorrow. And I believe that every single human being is. And so I s- remember experiencing like the first couple of times where I would go back out in public and, and be in network situations or, or in a new environment and specifically with men, and maybe you can speak to this, is they would say, you know, introductions. Hi, my name is Tamara. What do you do? Right. I am this. Well, at this point in my life, I didn't feel like I could say anything besides I am a mom. Like I am a wife. Like that's not how you introduce yourself. I had no business card and therefore I felt completely less than in conversations. And through that time, my husband and I were sitting outside on our back deck and he asked me the question, Tamara, what are you passionate about? Because at this point, I was ready to like start creating again. I was ready to start developing my life because I felt like I was confident enough to be able to walk out of the house or out of whatever into whatever situation and be fully me. And I still had the answer, I don't know. And he's like, wait, we just spent tens of thousands of dollars for you to have this boutique, for you to start this other company, and you don't even like it? You don't even like what those things were? I'm like, it's not that. I liked pieces of it, but I don't really, I'm not really passionate about pregnancy. I'm not really passionate about just fitness. Like there's all of these other integrations of who I am. And so we sat and we just like picked that apart, which is the process I get to do with my coaching clients all the time now, fast forward four years later. And so I think it's just really important when you're in any environment and you go to introduce yourself, you don't have to be a business card. So the question now is, what are you passionate about? Hey, nice to meet you. What are you passionate about? Maybe even what do you do in the evening every night? What's your Saturday look like? Where, what do you do in your free time? Because that is really what shows your passion. That's really what shows your purpose. It's where you're investing your time. Um, that's only your time. And so I just think it's really important realizing how other people perceive us and to just deflect that back and help them to see themselves as who they really are too, rather than just... I am a CEO, right? You know, I love that you brought that in. If you actually look and read about the more successful companies, quote unquote, Google, Facebook, Amazon, if you look at their structuring of how they hire and deal with HR and their kind of, even Disney, if you read Be Our mm-hmm. Guest, which is about how they deal with staffing and stuff like that. And I love that stuff, especially those companies that really kind of think outside the box. That's the question. Those are the questions they ask. It's not what do you do? It's what makes you you. Yes. And so on a job interview, they'll ask you, okay, so what are your passions? What do you enjoy? What makes you who you are? Because I think we get so stuck on what someone does for a living versus how they define themselves as a person. And that kind of gets in the way. You know, I felt very similar. I was, when I became a therapist and I had to find a niche or niche, Mm -hmm. like you said Mm -hmm. earlier, 
um, I don't know how to pronounce it for I real. Know, I switch off every other every <laughs> other person. Okay. I'm like, you sound fancy when you say niche, I know. and then you sound normal. I think when I'll you just say make niche. a new one. I'll just do niche. niche. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Um, <laughs> it'll be French. It's like Target versus Target. Um, niche. My niche. Is... My niche is um, the ability to work with people. Mm-hmm. That's my niche. That's what I love to do. So when I was starting a podcast, or I started Elevation, or these like social media things. And I would talk to friends or people who were quote unquote specialists in that field of business. They would say, Oh, you have to have a specific audience. What's your target audience? And I have a range. I have ideas, but it's not one person. It's different things because I'm different. I'm a different person. You know, I'm a father. I have a chronic illness. My wife and I went through infertility. I'm a therapist, mental health, all these things. I'm a religious man. It makes me who I am. And I think to define ourselves by one title, yes, I am a therapist. And then what if I call myself a psychotherapist? Oh, are you a psychologist? Are you a social worker? (laughs) Are you an LMHC, LMFT, all the letters of the alphabet? Which one are you? And great. I think that helps people give you a reference of what you're doing. But in the end, Mental health or wellness is wellness, and which is why I love talking to people yeah. like yourself and other people I have on the podcast because the definition of wellness is so vague, but we're so focused on being so specific because that will help me understand you. But yeah. like you said, what is your passion? What do you do after work? Do you just go to work and come home and have no, I hate saying it's like no life outside of your job? Yeah, but even those people, I bet there might be gamers or I bet they might have a specific genre of food that they go home and they cook something amazing or maybe they're learning to brew their own beer or, you know, there's there's so many things that people do that they don't put prominence to, that they don't put weight to, that they don't Mm -hmm. put clout to because Mm -hmm. it's not... It's not well, recognized. Imagine if you went to a meeting. Imagine you went yeah. to an interview and yeah. they're like, I can't say I brew my own beer. That's weird. <laughs> but in reality, that takes yeah. creativity. It takes yeah. patience. It takes time. There are yeah. skills. I might not put that on a resume, right. you know, like, oh, what makes you qualify for this job? Well, I brew beer. It's like, oh, well, you're, 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 you know, you're <laughs> now I know what you do for. after work. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's funny. I brought that analogy up. I don't even drink, but it was just, no, but it's cool. It's, I get yeah. it's something creative, right? Yeah. I think that we need to embrace the creativity. You yep. know, someone recently asked me, and I, I don't know if you actually feel this way as well. Like, how do you do all these things? I actually have on my, on my questions, juggling all the hats, <laughs> yes. being a parent, being a business coach, yeah. being a wife, being a daughter, all the things that make you the unique, wonderful person that you are. Someone asked me, Ellie, how do you, how do you have time for all this? Mm -hmm. I said, my job is my job. And I love what I do because it makes me feel fulfilled. And I would only do that job and be in that job because of that. But the podcast, the social media stuff that makes me feel something different in my heart and my mind and my soul that kind of creates this circle of passion that fulfills my need that I don't get in my job, but fulfills my job doesn't fill the need that my other things do. So it's kind of creating this kind of world of support for myself. So, but how do you juggle all that? What are some of your tips yeah. that you feel? That's so you good. do a lot. You do a lot and yeah. it's amazing. So what, what's your kind of like yeah. thought process? I mean, that? honestly, I think that we've kind of cued ourselves up to like, this is the T, right? Like this is us hitting the ball out of the park is realizing that, I didn't always do it well. When I was doing all the things, quote unquote, that hustle hard experience, Mm -hmm. um, I was missing big pieces. And it's with the integration 
It's the knowing of myself, the mind, body, and soul, the connection to my faith. Those three elements for if you want to do mind, body, soul, and spirit, because soul has the will and emotions in there, mm-hmm. is that I have, I'm tapped in to an energy source that is never ending. Mm. I love and that. just like you said, this, this pe- peculiar point of you doing your podcast ha- and elevation and these other pieces, it fuels you in a way that just doing therapy could never do. Mm-hmm. I really believe that's because that's your true calling Mm. and therapy plays into that. And it's Mm -hmm. a super important part of your testimony. That's going to build into all the things that are to come, but without that unlock, without that taste and see that this is good, that this is what I truly love doing. There's never a moment, even in the overwhelm, even in the exhaustion of of all the hats, because there are sure, surely times that I'm like, oh my gosh, today is, <laughs> was a lot. I need to shut myself in the closet and just cry for a minute. Those days do happen. But I realize on those days, there's a missing element and it's ultimately the rest in my faith, mm. the rest in my identity. Mm. Okay, Tamara, you don't have to strive today. Even if you have a back-to-back meeting every single day, all day, you don't have to strive in that. Pull from the energy source that purposed you in this place. And that's the ultimate God wink. I love that. And that, and that probably also connects to what you call the calling. Yes. Right? Your drive, your why, your what you do it for. And it's something that is so integral to who we are. You know, I think in the holiday season that we get this energy of family and friends and this kind of push to be good and kind and and the funny thing is is that that push and drive if if our calling is a certain way we don't need a time period we don't need a moment we don't need external things because it's it's something in our heart it's something in our soul our spirit that kind of pushes us and some people are not made to do certain things and that's okay some people are not but if you are you have to embrace that because there will be something lacking. You know, when I work with clients a lot as a therapist, there is a sense of I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm hard on myself. I'm negative, whether it's depression or anxiety, which can be a medical thing and a biological thing, but it also can be a not connecting to your calling of your why or what you want to do or feeling forced into something because of life situations. And I love that you bring that in and something that you're so passionate about because your calling does force you to address what really makes you who you are and what you will be doing or need to be doing in your heart. Yes. Yes. And I think that sometimes when you're, when you're talking about like what we are kind of forced into doing based on the need of our life. And to me, a lot of that is money, right? Money driven. Like I have to afford this. I have to have a house. I have to be able to clothe myself and feed my family. And so I do this thing, but the thing I really love is what I do Mm -hmm. on all the other times. And I believe true purpose and true calling really exist, knowing that there might be a side hustle eventually, if you put in the time and the energy in the place that you love the most, there's a flip-flop that happens. And the the finances also flow from that place of purpose. And that, to me, when I talk about wealth, and you'll hear me talk about this often, it's not just about finances. It has a lot to do with money. However, there is so much more wealth in the richness that 
working and being and existing in that place of alignment, that place of integration offers. And that's that energy that we spoke about. It's joy. It's that peace that we talked about. It's that understanding not only of yourself, but how you serve the world around you. Even if that world is just five people in your house, maybe your zone of genius or your zone of excellence doesn't look like Ellie's and mine, like in the sense of like influence, but everyone is an influencer. Everyone is an influencer. I'm going to say that again. Everyone is an influencer. It so kind of connects to what we said before we got on the call. Yes, for numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. The, the vanity metrics are going to exist for everyone, but ultimately your everyone is that, that person in the mirror. Are you going to sleep feeling like you've moved the needle in the best version of yourself mm-hmm. in that becoming process? Mm-hmm. And are you content? And when I was going to sleep, for many years, that was not my answer. I literally avoided the mirror for a month. I did not brush my teeth in the mirror for an entire month because I couldn't stand there not knowing who that person, who that reflection is. And on the other side, now feeling whole, feeling understood, feeling aligned with who I am. I look back at pictures of myself and I'm like, I feel bad for that girl. Mm. And it's a part of the testimony. I'm grateful for where she was and what she did and where she went. But at the very same time, it's like, it was a lack of knowing. And so no matter how old you are, no matter what season of life we find you in today, no matter your faith, there is ultimately that knowing of self that therapy provides, that community provides. And you said it earlier, and I wanted to touch base on it. This is a perfect segue is living a life, not with clenched fist and living a life with your hands wide open to receive, but also to give mm. and to realize that that's where ultimate purpose is. There's if a you didn't listen to anything, the world. Yes. If you didn't listen to anything, that was the nugget of the last minute and a half. That was the nugget of the entire episode. You know, not to make it light or joke of it, I just don't want, brush my teeth because I'm a lazy man. You know, you don't brush your teeth because you don't want to look in the mirror. I, I'm just a disgusting human being, you know, uh, you know, I can go, my wife makes fun I of brush me. my teeth. I know you do. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, and, and just to tie it in. I what, still brush, <laughs> just not in the mirror. Okay. So I forget sometimes my wife calls me out on it because I'm a lazy, lazy person sometimes. I'm like, I'm tired. Um, you know, I have Kat, a son. I get it. Yeah, and well, that's, that's who it is. Um, <laughs> Kathy Heller. I don't know if you've ever heard about her. Oh, Kathy yes. Heller has Love an amazing Kathy. podcast, right? Don't keep your she day does. job. Also has a book. And that is the idea of that flip-flop that you discussed of like, you're always, some people are like, oh, mm. I do this job, but really I like this. So why are you not doing that? Oh, I have to pay my bills, right. rent, this, that. And the other thing, you know, I made a really intense change. Like I discussed you before, I left my apartment to move with my parents to save money. Money, money was a defining factor, um, which is sad. Yeah. Um, last couple mm-hmm. of questions, just to wrap it up. Uh, an interesting question. What is like your favorite go-to, let's say, Bible or Psalm quote or concept that kind of is a good maybe mantra or reminder, thought process that our listeners can kind of take um, for going that. out and going into the world? Yeah, so um, I mentioned it before, and it's the it's the entire understanding of Mary and Martha and realizing that we we get to be both and. 
And that plays so perfectly into this entire conversation is realizing that you get to be both the person of passion and the person who's a genius in this one specific niche, if you will, right? Like you get to be all of those parts of who you are at any given moment. But my specific Bible verse would be Proverbs 3, 4 through 6, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path or make your path straight is Mm. a different version. And And so it's that trusting factor, that release factor, that opening of hands and asking for help because we aren't in control of every single thing we can't be. And um, this is where the giving and receiving of life exists. Okay. I have no more questions after that. That was, that was a great, I can't, I can't uh, top that. That's an unbelievable way to kind of end off. And I think, um, you know, for me, one of the biggest things to just tie in my, my favorite Bible concept is Jacob when he struggles with Asaph's angel, whatever that may be. And there's so yes. many conceptual things of, is it internal struggle? Is it strife? Is it Satan? Who is it? And it's the end of this back and forth of an internal definition of who you are. And then he beats that and his name is now changed to Israel, right? Yes. His name is now defined yes, as something and this new, is so which good. is what you talked about. It's so good. That struggle yes. that you had defined who you needed to be. And then mm-hmm. you took on a name that was everything. That yes. was more than just one thing or another, but made you something whole. Preach, so, brother. I love so that. That's my good. favorite scene. <laughs> so, so good. I think with this in mind, um, how can people find you? Where? What are you up to? What are some things you want the listeners to hear about what you're doing? Yeah. So I've got the Fit and Faith podcast and coming out for season three, which will be three years into the podcast, which is so fun. Um, I'm going to be starting quick five-minute snippets called Core Talk, which is creating from your core. And that's a community of rooted entrepreneurs. And so I'm excited to start coaching through my podcast as well as just learning about other people. It's generally all interviews format. Uh, And then from a coaching perspective on a regular, I've got memberships and group programs and individual programs and all that stuff. But really, I just love being present mostly on Instagram because that's all of me. It's not just Tamara, the business coach or Tamara, the podcaster. Um, so I'd love to connect with you there. DM me. Let's get to know one another. And if you have any amazing resources of continued integration, whether it's mental health, physical health, spiritual health, I am such a guru of continuing to learn. So I'd love to know what your resources are. Thank you so much for coming on today. And Really, guys, I'm not even kidding. If you're listening, Tamara is such an, a relatable human being, such a sweet and amazing person to talk to. So she really means that when she says DM me and let's connect. She is so nice and a wonderful human being. Truly an honor to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much and see Thank you all you. next time. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much to listening to this week's episode of The Dude Therapist. And it only is happening because of you, the listeners, tuning in every week, even twice a week, to this show all about mental health, relationships, and wellness topics. And really, let's be honest, everything in between. And I'm so excited to show up every time and having great guests. So thank you. And if you have any questions, concerns, ideas, collaborations, email me at thedudetherapist at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at thedudetherapist. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know your ideas. I can't wait to hear from you. And if you can go along, subscribe, rate, review on all the streaming sites that you're listening on. I truly appreciate it because that's what makes this thing happen. So thanks for tuning in this week. 
and see you next time on the Dude Therapist Podcast. We've got more guests and more great content coming your way.